Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Back at it again with another Shades of Blue. This one, we're talking about all the controversial things. Religion, politics, Kyrie Shelton, everything your heart could desire. I'm David Greenwald. Cody is burning in Mexico. I don't know why somebody with his fair skin would go somewhere tropical. But with me is Mike. He of the Mike Stats, Thad Bell, Chad Smith, Robert Russert. We are the Blue Testament. How are you guys doing? Good. Fantastic. And we got a plug for the website, which is something that uh, Cody often does not do. And you introduced us. I feel like we're really off to a good start. Guys, we won a game. Everybody's happy, right? I mean, we come won. on. Like, is, is this bring back hope? No. <laughs> I did see some people oh, saying well, if they run the table, if they run the table, which is basically what they need to do to make the playoffs. It, it, just about. The, the question is what do you classify as hope? I guess it is like hopeful. The season's going to be successful. No, hopeful for the future. Maybe hopeful that Kyrie Shelton may not start another game. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let's, Mike, right to the point though, man. Let's lead off with this because it's, it's all I ever want to talk about from now on. Willie Agata, Mike, give us, give us the takes. Um, I mean, Will the, the the best thing I can say about Willie was the the absolute sheer joy on his face when that first goal was uh, when they ruled the uh, first goal at or his first goal as as a goal basically the just how happy he looked um, just yeah I it, it's it's one of those just really happy moments that the team hasn't had this year. You haven't seen the, th- that level of just joy from the team. And 
large part of that is simply due to the fact that they've not played well this year. They've not been scoring. They've not been playing well defensively. There's just been a lack of joy in the way the team plays. And so it was nice to just see a moment of pure joy out on the field. I mean, even, even like Tommy's goal earlier, it was less about, I think there was a lot less joy in that and more a sense of relief that, we finally scored a goal. It was a really, really nice goal, but Hey, we scored a goal. That's nice. Um, instead of, instead of it being something where it was, uh, like with Agata's and he just happiness. And I think that flowed through the rest of the game, honestly, even, even when it got to three, two, there, there was still just a little bit of joy in, in, in what was going on on the field. So I don't know. I just was that. That was my big point. Was I just loved the way he looked after after they got that opening or after he got his first goal? Yeah, Mike, you said joy about eight times, I think there. <laughs> but uh, that's exactly the word I was gonna say. And uh, you know, by the end of the third goal, I was like, "What? What is going on here?" <laughs> it was just crazy. You know, we hadn't seen that all season, and like you said, joy. Yeah, that, that's what everybody had on their face for sure. Chad, better celebration, jumping on slash choking Peter Vermees or backflips? Oh, definitely the jumping on, choking, and don't leave out the kiss on the cheek that he gave him afterwards. That <laughs> uh, We asked him post-game if he'd ever been kissed on the cheek in a celebration. He goes, well, I've never been strangled. He came running <laughs> at me. And he did tell him that he's, he told the coach, he told Peter he was going to jump to his arms, but he just needed to drop that water bottle and embrace it. Like, you know, I don't, uh, somebody said on Twitter or our comments or something that Peter's not a hugger and it looked about like it, like he didn't look comfortable with like this man leaping into his arms. Yeah. And then somebody on Reddit, our favorite place said, Oh, what is Willie? I got a whispering in Peter Vermee's ear. No, that's when he kissed him on the cheek. He's not whispering in his ear. <laughs> Come on. Whispering sweet nothings. <laughs> no, I think yeah. he did whisper. He probably said, uh, did you see the team put out? He, they kind of I feel like Cody's going to be bitter about this. They said, I got a good feeling. And they put out some stats from Agata because he's been saying, I got to go, which I've been adapting into. I got a goal. And uh, yeah, so I got a good feeling. And there was a lot of very high stats for uh, attacking runs, 27, 16 sprints, almost 92% passing, actually. Oh, yeah. And he scored a brace. So... And he's bench of the team of the week. Yeah, only the bench. I was like, what did these other MLS teams do? I did see it was the highest scoring week in league history. Yeah, yeah, it it was going to take a lot for anybody to make team of the week this week with as many goals as there were. Uh, 57 on Saturday, and I think you add the three on Friday night, and it was 60 goals in in this game week. So it was going to take a lot to get team of the week honors this week. All right, so, so if I can if I can play pessimist and I want I want to go to you, Thad. Uh, as as great as it was to see two goals go in, uh, he also had the one on one with the keeper where he rounded him and had a shot saved off the line. Uh, his first goal, he kicked it into the keeper three different times, uh, and just by the grace of VAR and not goal line technology, they, they counted. And then again, he had to be subbed out early uh, due to cramping. Um, is there anything to worry about with Willie? Was this a one-off? What are your thoughts, Dad? Uh, I don't expect him to score two goals every game, man. But 
Um, I'm not too worried about the cramping because, like, if he scores two goals and goes off with cramps in the 70th minute, who gives a shit, quite honestly? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I would be all in favor of that formula going forward, but I'm not too worried about it. He'll he'll get used to it. And he, the fact he cramps is because he ran so damn much. So, and then uh, I'm not too worried about the three straight into the keeper. From that point blank range, man, you almost couldn't do anything but hit the keeper. So, I'm not too worried about that aspect and, and the rounding the keeper one, man, it was a great, it was a great move and a great save by the defender. So I'm not worried about it. I don't expect him to get two goals every game though. Although we need to set that expectation for him. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing how much better everybody looked having a dangerous player at the nine. Uh, but I, okay, I want to okay. talk, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt. I, and maybe this is where you were going, but I've said all along the midfield had to be better. And the midfield was better because Tommy was in there. And that helped both the defense and the offense. I'm not saying there would have been two goals or four goals without a got in there, but that Tom, Tommy helped that a lot. So, and Agata's runs helped that a lot, obviously. But I'm just going to go with it was a midfield, not just the number nine. Sorry. Well, I agree, Thad. And, and I had been down on Eric Tommy just due to the kind of the player profile without having seen him play. And he's been awesome. And I can only imagine what we're going to look like when Gotti Keen is back next year. Um, and to have Remy, Gotti, and Tommy all in the midfield at one time, you know, we'll have a lot of a lot of class. Yeah, and if if Remy has to play forward in the midfield, like he he moved up when Uri was forced into the game, and uh, those passes that he had to Agata, just like one touch, clean right up the middle, just beautiful stuff that set him to the one where he rounded the keeper and then the second one where kind of got it under his feet a little bit and tried to lay it off shallowly a little late but the, the the promise was there so i'm looking forward to more of that all right well so speaking in midfield mike eric tommy's goal can we call it a golazo i mean personally i hate that term but yes no i mean <laughs> you 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 look at the he he's facing as the ball comes in, he's running towards goal. He adjusts his body for the looping ball from Espinoza. He go, he turns his back to goal, chests it down, and while the ball's in the air, gets his body turned and can put it in, put a volley on goal without the ball touching the ground. It's to the amount of skill and body control to be able to do that is, I mean, it's. Quality German engineering. Yes, it's it's a quality quality goal. I mean, I said I, I I said during the game that that was goal of the season for Sporting. I know there's not a lot to choose from, but I rate that more so than Espinosa's goal from near midfield against Montreal, simply because of the difficulty of being able to to do that. Basically, I I mean I I love a good goal from distance, but. I mean, I, I look at it the same way with the goal of the week voting this week, where you have uh, Paul uh, Mari from San Jose hitting a belter from about the distance Espinosa did, and you have Tommy's goal. And I still rate Tommy's goal just because I think it's a more difficult shot to hit. It's more difficult to, to, to do what Tommy did to score that goal than it is to just hit it with your purse, basically. And then it's going to be bullshit when Bale wins goal of the week. Yeah, and then Bale's going to win goal of the week <laughs> over both of them. So I mean, I mean that was a pretty cool goal, though. I mean, like Garrett Garrett scored a pretty cool goal. 
Yeah. I'd like to add, I but think not what's, as good as Tommy's. It, the the uh, defense was not good on Bale's goal. The the buildup to the goal for sporting for the Eric Tommy goal is so good too. Like the little pass from Shallowy into Agata, quickly flicks it back out into space. Shallowy runs onto it back to Espinoza, who curls a really good pass into the box too. So it was such a team goal. And that, that's just where the clip started. I don't even know all the passes that happened before we got to that point. I'm sure there was quite a few because you know that's the game sporting's trying to play. Well, so Robert, what were your thoughts on Espinoza? Uh, you know, Chad just mentioned that he had that beautiful pass, the assist to Eric Tommy. How do you think Roger played? Was this a vintage Roger performance? Oh, I definitely think so. I mean, as far as our tactic for the game was, our, our tactic was to sit back. You know, our line of confrontation was just over the halfway line. And that is tailor-made for Roger. It's tailor-made for, you know, uh, an older lineup, if you will, a more... Um, lineup that is a little more discretionary in how they react and where they react um so i think it was definitely a vintage roger performance right up until you know he got the yellow card which was vintage roger too and then uh, for me smart enough to take him off <laughs> get him out of there peter now <laughs> Thad, was that a yellow sure Should've i actually don't it. even remember man it was it, it, it was it was a yellow yeah i, I have no problem i, I, I don't it remember thinking it you... wasn't yeah, it, no, it was it was a yellow card. There's no argument there. And no, subbing him at that point was, was the right move. He he looked a little gassed, and the yellow card and the way the game was at that point because they were up three zero, it, it made sense. And if you have Hernandez, who's having a very good season on the bench, there's no reason to uh, to not make a sub around the hour mark, especially for uh espinoza who i mean he turns 36 this year yeah and this is this is how he should be used in limited amounts with early subs i I do remember being fearful when i saw felipe stepping up to sub in and that they would bring somebody else off instead of roger though yeah i mean you gotta think ahead, Eric, Eric Tommy was like not going to be able to go 90 as he's still working right. his way back to fitness as well because he, he's only been here for four games. And um, I was a little worried too because I was like, when they started them both, I was like, well, neither of them is probably going to be able to go 90 minutes. So are they going to push Espinosa the entire game or are we going to get poor Uri again coming on late, moving the midfield around and then getting a handball like this guy, a season to forget. I would like to say, though, you know, at least Uri had his pants, his shorts at the appropriate length. He didn't have his sleeves rolled up. Douglas Costa was out there running around doing his best Uri impersonation with the shorts hiked up to his crotch. Um, I thought maybe we'd orchestrated some sort of deadline day trade. It was it was fascinating. No, no, but a few times when Uri had his shorts up, just just so you know, I saw it. Oh, no. Robert was on shorts watch, apparently. <laughs> Uh, you know, when you said he had his clothes on, it, it reminded, or his clothes in appropriate length, that reminded me, like, Fad and I were leaving the locker room, and he, like, buff naked, walks up behind us and pats us both on the back <laughs> as he's leaving, and I was just like, I'm still not quite used to everybody being so confident walking around naked in there, so. <laughs> he made up for the lack of short shorts for you, David. He just went, you know, full-blown. Terrific. <laughs> the so- look on Fad's face. <laughs> So I saw, I saw a post on the site, uh, and I didn't see this when I was at the game, but 
after uh, Roger got his yellow, did he ask to be subbed off? Jimmy had said it. He was sitting next to me in the press box or a couple people over from me in the press box. And I heard him say it, but I was not looking. I was like typing or something at that moment. So Jimmy oh. said he saw it. Can we trust Jimmy? <laughs> he is Robert, a contributor we, on our website. <laughs> Robert, can we trust Jimmy? Uh, I believe we can trust Jimmy, except for, you know, a few rumors here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's a 90% trust level. How about that? <laughs> I feel like you can trust him more than me. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to give that number, man. Okay, Dude, pretty <laughs> low, pretty low. All right, okay. so I, I want to talk about the last goal before we talk about uh, the defense. So uh, Daniel Shallowy, just an absolute, I don't even know what to call it. I want to call it a poacher's goal, uh, but I mean, I don't even know if that's the right terminology for it. Uh, Robert, what, what would you call this? Well, okay, I'm, I'm writing an article and I'm going to have this as part of my article, but- uh... On what website? On uh, the Blue Testament.com. Thank you. Agata's run, though, he was in the middle of the pitch. He was between two defenders. But as Shallowy received the ball, he makes the smart move to the back post, the back of the defender. And that's such a smart move because, number one, the angle for Shallowy to play the ball if Gata was in the middle, very, very difficult. Number two, obviously, that gives Agata more time to get to a cross and go straight across the box. So very smart move by Agata there. Maybe just a natural goal scorer's movement. He didn't even think about it. But uh, yeah, great play all around. And Agata's positioning to me was spot on. Are we talking about the same play? In other words, what about Daniel's goal? Yeah, I was talking about the fourth goal. The which, But I agree, Robert. I mean, like Daniel. And it's funny. Somebody commented on how like Daniel was not having a very good game. And then commented on their own post and was like, he had the assist and the goal. And maybe I'm just crazy. Uh, he had two assists. Two assists. Yeah. Second theory on Tommy's goal. It was fun watching Again, the same if, person reply to themselves. If he's going to have a bad game and have a goal and two assists, we'll take that also. He can he can throw a cramp in if he wants. I'll I'll I'll, I'll go in on the shallowy goal. So the that not a poacher's finish, but an opportunistic goal because you see the, um, the was that Arroyo. Was yeah, he the defender? Ar- on that? I, couldn't yeah. rem- I, I couldn't remember uh, which one of you. Was, but... One of you was getting a fine, by the way. One of you said that wrong. <laughs> Just FYI. Anyway, I feel pretty confident in my and, pronunciation. And anyway, um, so he he looks up two, three times at uh, back towards uh, Bond in goal, and Shallowy plays the percentages, expecting the ball to go back there, and jumps the pass. Basically, that that's what he did. It was an opportunistic finish there by reading what was going to happen in the situation. Other times, the defender is going to cut to the outside to look to go back down the wing, and Shallowy is not going to get the ball there. He just he 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 made the uh, he he weighed the percentages in his head. He's like, hey, he's going back to Bond. I'm going to go this direction, and was able to jump the pass, and that's how he was able to get the goal. It just an opportunistic, smart play by reading what the defender was doing. It's what you want a striker to do in those situations. Well, and so talk th- about the finish itself. I mean, that was a classic shallowy finish. Well, yeah, just, Not just, a whole yeah, lot of just, space. He thread the needle. That's classic yeah, shallowy. Thread the space with with power and beat him beat the keeper with pace yeah well so thad you were shooting on that end for a change right weren't you cauldron side when that happened i was what's the shot look like for you the ball hitting the side of the net coming directly at me that's the only thing i could see (laughs) 
So yes, I have a have a ball quick. hitting the side of the net shot. All right. Uh Robert, you were talking about hitting a shot with power. Uh I do want to talk about the what I would say is the biggest downside of the match was that Johnny missed a PK. What were your thoughts? What were your thoughts first on one, Michael? You said uh, about pace, uh, and then first one you said, Mike, on your mic stat that uh, Johnny has missed for us. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the goalkeeper did his homework as well, which helped too. But uh, disappointing in that moment. Are we wanting Agata to take PKs now too? Is that where we're at? <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm there. I mean, Russell, what? How many? I don't know. Mike could probably tell us. We got to do a da 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 da. Mike hey, the Agata to, train. How, how many? Uh, how many PKs has he made in a row before that? He he in, he was seven for seven in uh, that includes shootouts before that miss. We're going to get a professional voice uh, recorder to do that little thing there for you, Mike, so that whenever you're on or wherever we pull some stat from your one of your articles, we can do exactly that. Are you going to is that is that OK? Or are you going to be embarrassed? Works for me. So, well, so did Bond just get lucky and guess right? Or did Johnny have a bad take or is it a combination? Combination. Johnny tends to go to his right the goalie's left so bond if he does his homework knows that's where johnny's going to go and johnny just didn't hit it well he put it at a very savable height and yep. didn't get it far enough into the corner that bond wasn't going to be able to get there so combination of the two just good goalkeeping good research and a poor penalty kick yep. and even if it wasn't on, on good the ground, research yeah even if it wasn't good research he went the right way and I think this is exactly where Chad was going to, he didn't put it on the ground. He didn't put it in the top. He put it at right. The level that a decent keeper can reach if they guess, right. Yeah, exactly. So can we talk Sorry, about um, Chicharito's PK? Sure. I mean, Tell that, us that, about that, it, that, was a, that was a good penalty kick. He, he it put was, it high, but his approach, and... his approach was very obvious though. He really rounds the ball to the left side it's pretty clear where he's going to go. Pulse camp initially guessed the right direction. And then I guess he second guessed himself, trying to fake out Chicharito. I don't know what he was doing, but very clear to me where Chicharito was going there. If we'd have had you in goal, man. <laughs> you know, I, I like Pulse camp and he's so young and has so much room to develop and grow, but oh, sure. watching him try to save PKs makes you really appreciate what we've had with Tim <laughs> over the years. He, he, he needs to, Tim needs to take him aside and, do like the do a lot of goal do a lot of pk work with him because i i think of the six now counting the shootout in sacramento i'm not sure he's gone the right way i'd have to go back and watch the sacramento one again which i don't want to do so i'm not going to but he he's not gone the i would say he's if he's gone the right way he's gone maybe once of the six he's gone the the right way the the uh pk's gone he's I don't know if he's not reading it well or he's second guessing himself right now, but his he's not he, he's not looked great on penalty kicks so far. And Chad, I, I see you raising your hand, but I, and I'll come back to you. But Mike, I have a question because you were a keeper, right? Yes. You played collegiately. Uh, collegiately, I moved to the field, but yeah. Okay. Well, so can you walk the listener through who want to hear this? On like what the strategy is on, you know, what you're looking for when somebody's taking a PK, you know, what, why is Tim so much better at it than I mean, everybody, the, the big thing for Tim is he's just, he, he, he's so quick in his reaction that he doesn't, 
if if the guy doesn't tip it tip him off he he's able to react quickie quick um i've not seen a goalie a goalkeeper commit as late as i see melia commit on penalty kicks most goalies are committing earlier because they're watching they're watching the eyes they're watching the hips they're watching the knees that though those are the things that you're taught as a not not really the eyes because and because for the most part you can i mean eyes you're you're gonna try to fool players that way but there's only so much you can do with when you're going to hit the ball with your hips and your knees to how you're angling your body basically to to do that i mean um the the clearest example i i can come back to where uh keepers reading uh i mean i'll go to mls cup 2013 i mean uh the vasquez save that nielsen made vasquez looked to the look to nielsen's left down at the ball back to nielsen's left down at the ball started running up back to nielsen's left down at the ball that was just blatantly obvious to me watching the game uh watching it back that he was he nielsen knew exactly where he was going simply by watching but um other times i mean uh i think of melia's uh penalty kick save where uh valeri tried to go right down the middle and melia didn't move it it you just are as a goalie you're just watching for little little tells and and you're doing your research i mean obviously with where i played goalie i didn't necessarily have research on where guys were going to go but i mean that is such a huge part of the game now is is researching what is having those those stats of russell goes to his right all he's gone to his right this many times he went this way and i mean if you go back and even watch uh mls posted a video i think in early 2014 that looked back on the pk shootout in uh mls cup 2013 and they had Nielsen and Armando talking about it. And Armando's going through all this list of these things. Like uh, the the one, again, the one I really remember is he was talking about Bieler's first PK. And he's like, Bieler goes to this side all these times. But the one time he took a shorter run up, he went to this side. And Bieler was lined up a little bit shorter than normal. So I was thinking he was going that way. And in the end, he ended up going his normal way. So there's just so much research that goes into uh, to, to goalkeepers and what they do with penalty kicks. And like I said, it then comes down to just reading the player. Because in the end, that's that's what you have to do. Guys have their preferred location. But you got to be able to read kind of what they're going to do as well, or else you're not going to have a chance. And what I wanted to add, and I think that's really good insight, Mike, because I've never played goalkeeper. It sounds terrifying. It's not a plan I want to take up, but uh, what I want to add is MLS next pro has been kind of unwatchable, but at the beginning of the season, I was trying to watch it. And you all probably heard if it's a draw at the end of regulation, they do penalty kick shootout in the opening game at the second game. I think it was the opener pools camp gives up all five PKs to the rapids back rapids, two players, you know, mostly, you know, either backups or, or second team guys. So there is something to, you know, he needs some, some studying, but Thad and I were talking after the game. I don't know if y'all remember a few years ago, there was that article in the athletic that was talking about how, Romando, this guy chased Romando around. He's trying to figure out Romando's secrets to how he stopped all these PKs. And it's all about like the way the guys place the ball, the way their hands are angled or something along these lines. And ever since that article, Nelia's given up a lot more PKs than he used to give up. And I have to think he was using the same technique that Romando was using because, you know, he used to be 
Nick's backup. Mike's digging into the stats. I can already see it. He's like, how many has he given up? <laughs> He's pulling up that, the spreadsheets. That, yes, that, that's where I'm going. Is I'm, I was pulling up uh, my stats on penalty kicks. I won't waste the time. Uh, you guys can move on, but I'm curious myself. Well, so we've spent a lot of time talking about the offense, uh, and we had, I think, an expected goals of 3.1. Uh, but the defense, you know, we gave up two, one on a PK, um, one on that, that had initially been called as offsides and got overturned by VAR. Uh, but the defense looked good. Uh, and I was very surprised by that because we ran out the oldest guys we could find to play defense. Uh, Chad, talk to me about what what did I watch? What How how did I watch Ben Sweat and Graham Zussi put in a good shift? Yeah, you, honestly, um, I'm a little unsure myself. I've probably been the most down on Ben Sweat personal year. And the whole game, I was like, gosh, he's playing really well. Maybe he just needed a run of games. He just needed some minutes. And then all the late fallings apart, I, I kind of ended up wanting to blame Ben Sweat for it all because one, he keeps um, onside for the uh, uh, Chicharito who gets the goal. And then on the last one, he's so wildly out of position while his team doesn't have the ball. He's like up playing central midfield or something instead of left back. And then they just play into that space behind him, which leads to the pass that leads to the handball. I mean, that's a few connections to blame Sweat for that. I, I think you wanted me to be positive but I couldn't stop myself. I still ended up being negative. Yeah, I don't think Sweat had that great of a game as everybody was saying. There's also another moment um, where he's literally running in circles trying to defend in our box and none of it works. But uh, I mean, if you really look at the game, the Galaxy had some really good buildups into our box and we had a fair amount of emergency defending, if you will, one-on-one defending that we had to get right. And if we didn't, you know, probably would have been a goal. So I don't know if the defense was that fabulous, just in the moments it had to be, it was. I mean, we only had three block shots, and the Galaxy only took six shots. So that's part of it. And Pulse Camp only had one save. But what, the thing I thought that was really interesting, um, and I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts, you know, we had, what, 14 or 15 goals called back against Austin for offsides. And... Uh, we kept drawing LA offside. LA, I think, was called offsides five times, and Chicharito was visibly frustrated and was kind of throwing a temper tantrum uh, in the second half every time the flag went up. Um, I mean, are we are, are we just getting lucky, or are we deliberately playing an offside trap now? I think it's more of how those teams are choosing to play. Um, I mean, it, the, they both teams played a higher line. That that is. And with that, I'd have to go back and look at the stats to see where they compare league-wide. But I know we, for example, don't play a high line, and we're rarely ever called offside, basically. So it, it, I think it comes down to more the style that those that L.A. and Austin choose to play compared to how we play, for example. Yeah, I think that's got a lot to do with it. And I think, they, but I also think that we have with the with the veteran back line, they were maybe able to do it a little bit better than if you'd had a younger back line out there. You don't talk about Robert Volitor like that. I uh, I want to talk about my favorite play of the game. Uh, my absolute favorite play, maybe of all season, was Chicharito getting yellow carded for flopping in the box, diving looking for a call. Robert, did this bring you as much joy as it brought me? Well, if you listen to the commentary on the Twitter feed, the guys are like, oh, that's a clear PK. That's a clear PK. And his color man's like, "Uh, no, that was pretty much a flop. (laughs) But hey, you know, I can't mention this. 
without Diego, Diego Rubio's flop. Yeah. We all saw it. Oh it my immense. God. Oh my gosh. That was so bad. Yeah. I, I mean, he, the guy, the guy does kick him in the back of the leg just ever so slightly, but then he like delays a bit, falls over, <laughs> acts like his leg needs to be amputated. Then he starts grabbing his face probably to cover up the fact that he's smiling to sell this thing. Um, I've long contended, if you want to get flopping out of the game, don't do an undisclosed fine, which we have no clue how much they're getting fined. Suspend them, and then they'll stop flopping. Suspend them. So I, I didn't see the Rubio play. On a scale from like one to Neymar, where are we talking? Eight. It's like an eight, yeah. Just under <laughs> Neymar, yeah. Just he didn't did roll for like 25 feet afterwards. <laughs> But Be fair, was he wasn't really running to have the momentum that Neymar would have for for that much of a role. But... Neymar didn't have that much momentum. <laughs> oh no! Okay, <laughs> yeah. guys, I'm so it's a World Cup here. I'm so excited to watch Neymar roll around. Yeah, in the desert. This is gonna be great. Hope he gets sand fleas. <laughs> what have we missed? What do we need to talk about, guys? All right, we're, and we're running City out of current. time, man. We just the got a couple. Kansas minutes. City Current, right? Nine boys, nine unbeaten, six wins, three draws maybe the best they've looked all year until they they did give up a late goal as they are want to do robert your thoughts i I actually watched the game i just want to put that out there wait uh, did you watch the game like cody watched the game so you didn't actually or like in the virtue (laughs) signaling or did you actually watch this game 75 percent of it i actually watched 25 percent. i was doing something else i was on the background but still so chad where where are the current at in the uh in the table now I have to look it up. They were fifth, fifth. as of the end of that game. Okay, yeah, they were, so, they were still fifth. They're, uh, I think, three points out of first, uh, and I mean everybody in between them is just like one or two points. So they they could leapfrog at any time with the uh, the right results. And they have eight games left: four at home, four on the road. Only two games against teams above them. One of them being the first place team. One being a team that's either right above them or or two above them. So they actually could make a if they play it right they could get a lot of points the they, they play like the bottom two teams i think three or four games so yeah they're so, only three points out of first place even though they're in fifth so they're three points yeah. behind both portland and san diego who they defeated over the weekend and honestly they should have defeated the last time they met them but a late kind of softish pk uh which, is, a draw. which they're want to give up yeah there was a transfer rumor that we were in on a player right yeah, Dumernay, uh, she's like an 18-year-old Haitian forward. Ooh, you got to go watch the highlights on the article I wrote. So dynamic, so exciting. And like the, the highlights are full of her playing against like the U.S. like U-20 girls. But then in this last, uh, the, the, the CONCACAF W Championship, uh, she was playing for the full senior team and she was putting the senior team U.S. backline under pressure. Like if yeah. she had anybody on her team that could really step up and help her, that they may have given up some goals because she was just all over them. So is this still a rumor at this time or yeah, is she coming? I haven't, I haven't heard anything new. I don't, I, we, yes, I, I actually asked Potter about it, the last availability and he goes, well, there's a lot of teams looking for, there's like 30 other teams because he won't say anything. He gives actually no information. Um, <laughs> That's not bitter at all about this. Sam, oh, Sam is by the way, out for the season after it yeah. kind of sounded like she was right about to come back and play. So, Oh, that sounds on brand for Kansas city soccer. Yeah. yeah. Although well, she was in training like three weeks ago in full training and then she disappeared. And then on Thursday I asked about her and well, you know, still waiting for the medical staff to tell me when she can play. And then on Friday, she's a seizing end injury. Boom. All right. So Thad, Thad, I have you... one quick observation. One quick observation. 
and Denbe and his calves. But who's the right winger for current? I think she scored lanky legs, long legs, and puts her socks above her knees. Who is that? CC Kaiser. CC Kaiser. Okay. KC native. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't like commenting. I don't. I don't like that our podcast is commenting on women's bodies. This is. <laughs> You know, well, we're I, I, think, I think we're this Men is how we get canceled. Socks above her knees. This is how like, we get canceled. That's interesting. Thad, who are, Thad, who are you interviewing tomorrow? Peter, Roger, and Zussi, hopefully. So are we gonna have a pod with Roger and Zussi, maybe? No, no, it's just a regular interview availability stuff. So. Cody took the board with him. If he'd left the board, I would have tried it. Gotcha. He took the board to Cancun where he is by himself. Well, he's holding it up around his neck to help uh, draw on the rays. <laughs> and we have one minute. All right. Well, one minute left. So let's get plugs in. We are the Blue Testament. Please go visit us. If you like the com- if you like the podcast, rate and review five stars. If you don't like the podcast, you can tweet at that Cody, though. That's uh, that C-O-D-Y-T-H-O. Thad, what's your Twitter? I forget. At the back post. Good Lord. Chad? at play for 90 mike at down the byline robert at spkc life and i don't have twitter because i think that would be negative for my mental health and well-being and you'd get banned i'm pretty positive you get banned from twitter <laughs> <laughs> wow which is okay. why he won't tell what his twitter is that's I know right. what his Twitter is, but he doesn't comment. He just <laughs> follows along for the posts <laughs> that's, well i follow for like when mike drops us a like a Bratislavan journalist is telling us that we're in on a player and I want to look at the transfer rumors. Guys, Fine. thanks for listening. <laughs> Go sporting. Woo. Yeah.